can spit at you from here. What are you doing with your face? That's free speech. Nerd, you're wrong. Oh! That is some bad philosophy. Come on. Bad Philosophy, episode 13, recorded on November 29th, 2008, Big in Scandinavia. Hello, everyone. Welcome in. One, two, Bad Philosophy, coming at you over Skype this time uh, on the day after Black Friday, <clears throat> which we'll talk more about in a bit. Um, got a bit of a unique situation. Matt Legler is actually over here at my house, which is where... I am, uh, because it's Thanksgiving break for tech students, uh, but Matt and I kind of live in the same area around Austin. Stephen, we do not live in the same area. I, I live in Austin, you live in Hutto. It's not okay, even the same place. There are different places around the fine city of Austin, Texas, uh, but anyway, Matt, Matt made the trek over to my house, and uh, we are communicating on uh, my laptop with Kevin Saunders via Skype. Uh, Kevin, where where are you, and and what is that behind you? Oh, it's dark you? and it's scary. <laughs> yeah, um, so I'm in this attic uh, with some friends. They're they're currently playing. Um, well, one of them is playing Ogre Battle on the N64. Um, everybody else is watching him and me as I do this podcast, um, and they can listen in. So be aware of that. My sister is knitting as she does regularly. Um, she's cool, a witty cool. little knitter. <laughs> a witty knitter. <laughs> A witty little knitter. Uh, or, or it's a line from its reference to Doctor Who. You wouldn't get it. It's okay. Apparently. Um, <laughs> backstory there is she knitted me my Doctor Who scarf, which is 18 plus feet long. And on the show, when Doctor Who wore the scarf, someone asked him where he got it, and he said it was made by oh so and so, some famous woman. A woman he called. <laughs> yeah, we're we're having a, a a few issues over Skype right now, but uh, we're gonna try to grin and bear it for this episode, just because we're, you know, a few hundred miles away from each other. Um, yeah. So, well, this makes me uh, want to ask, what kind of bandwidth do you get out here, uh, out in the middle of nowhere? In out in the middle of nowhere, we actually have a three megabit connection, <laughs> oh. which is relatively new. Um, <laughs> but Kevin, what what type of connection are you on? How do I know? It's not my house. <laughs> and one of the guys Whatever I'm with you podcasting was. Uh, we're we're, we're changing that one person at a time. <laughs> I know, I know. I said I'm doing a podcast. He goes, "What's a podcast?" And and I grimaced a little uh, bit, but uh, I then shared the joy of podcasting. Just and, have him uh, listen to episode six. <laughs> yeah, listen to episode six. Episode six of Bad Philosophy. Metanoids is actually yeah. about podcasting. So check it out. And and speaking um, speaking of one person at a time, uh, or not one person at a time, uh, Black Friday was yesterday, and uh, it was definitely not one person at a time through the doors uh, at shops across the nation yesterday. Hey, hey how do you like that segue? Is that pretty good? Yeah, that, that, that wasn't was a segue. Good. I'm going to go ahead and uh, was... put it on headphones. I'm having trouble hearing you. It was okay. like a reverse segue. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you know what? It was, it was a good attempt. Um but anyway, yeah, so uh, for those of y'all who don't know, um, I have worked at Radio Shack for a long time. I uh, started the summer before I went off to college uh, and then have worked subsequent summers and came back specifically the, this uh, holiday season in order to work Black Friday. Um, I made provisions to, to be rehired and uh, started work at... 6 a.m. <laughs> yesterday morning. Uh, woke up at 4.15 here at home in order to get there. And uh, there were actually people lined up outside. I, I really didn't... Outside Radio Shack? Outside Radio Shack. Wow. Uh, of all places. And what Radio Shack do you work? Do you uh, work the, at Georgetown, the Georgetown Radio Shack. It's not in a mall. It's uh, next to a Blockbuster and a Chipotle. Is it a strip uh, center? Or is it a freestanding it building? <laughs> it's, a, it's a strip center. So it's not quite oh, a freestanding. Oh, Lord. It's almost a mall. A freestanding Radio Shack? I, I challenge you to find me one. I don't know that one exists. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just I'm saying. I'm pretty sure the headquarters is the only freestanding Radio Shack. Have you been um, to the headquarters? I haven't. I haven't not, okay. actually. It's part of the, the headquarters office building, though. There's there's a Radio Shack on the bottom two floors, and then there's uh, the offices above. Um, but so anyway, we, we, had, um, we actually had people lined up out, out there. It was about 20 people, and... 
the rush lasted about 20 minutes, honestly, and then it was over. <laughs> That's actually a and, lot better rate, you know, of customer time that, that you got there than it, like at Fry's. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I probably... I went to Fry's, actually. <laughs> did, did you go to Fry's yesterday? I went to Fry's yesterday. I didn't go until about noon, but I did go to Fry's <laughs> yesterday. I actually got the that's very not, headset that you're listening to me on at Fry's. <laughs> no wonder it sounds so crappy. Oh. 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 I heart. That's all right. At least we can't hear you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I um, want to try. It's, it's a Plantronics, and I wanted to try them instead of uh, Logitech, who did the last one I had, which broke down relatively mm. quickly. Yeah. So, so trying... last, last week we uh, we tried out Kevin's headset, and apparently it is not good enough to work. So. Uh, he got a new one and is now coming to us over that one. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, the, the whole Black Friday thing, um, I, I just wanted to kind of reflect on it for the first part of the episode here. Like, at, at Radio Shack, we saw numbers far diminished from last year, but uh, not too far behind what we saw the year before that. So, you know, we, we definitely had a diminished retail season, and... Um, the reports that I've been seeing, at least on Google News, are that retailers everywhere had a diminished retail season. But, you know, and I saw one one guy got trampled at a Walmart, and there was, like, shooting at a Toys R Us or something. But, <laughs> you know, aside from that, Friday. aside from that, it seemed to be a pretty normal Black Friday. I mean, you had Macy's, Doorbusters, and, of course, Walmarts everywhere were, were just crowded with people. But I'm, I'm curious if uh, either of y'all saw kind of maybe a diminished Black Friday. Well, speaking like, you know, as a consumer... Fewer people... Um, I, I checked the ads Thursday, or Wednesday, Thursday, um, all the Black Friday ads that we got in the big paper. Um, I went through them, and there was nothing worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see I any totally huge agree. sales. I didn't see anything that warranted me getting up at, you know, who knows when in the morning to go save <laughs> maybe 10 bucks on a DVD. Um, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't something that my time and my lack of sleep would have been worth. Um, the one time I did get up really early to go Black Friday shopping was two years ago. Maybe it was last year. Two years ago, um, when I woke up to go try and find a Nintendo Wii, uh, which I did not successfully do, <laughs> but that was my goal. Uh, the first store I went to, I was about six or seven people behind in line to get one. They had, you know, X number, and I was X plus six. So, uh, they offered me to buy a DS, or to sell me a DS, but I can purchase one at any point in time in the year because it wasn't the most in-demand console of all time. They probably had hundreds. They were just trying to throw me off. And a couple places I went to had really huge bundles for like $500, which actually Nintendo made illegal, or, or told people to stop doing. Um, but there were mandatory, but mandatory bundling of Wiis that you can buy a Wii plus four controllers and ten games or something like not not quite that, but something like that, and that was the only way you could buy yeah. one. Um, which Nintendo found and, out about. You know, Radio Shack still has some of those. Like I looked on our website, we do sell the Wii, but only in those insane bundles. And then they're like four hundred fifty dollars, and you get like yeah. six games and two controllers, and yeah, and, and it's just <laughs> markup. Yeah. Well, you see, I don't understand either. Like, why do people go out and buy a Wii when it's so much more expensive now than an Xbox? And I, I understand that it's the bundle you're paying for, but when you look at the price, you're looking at 400 and something versus 299 Why do people not go out and buy the Xbox? Why do they even consider the Wii at this point? Well, Wii is still a viable console, and they're still in high demand. And oh, you don't have to buy high. bundles. You don't have to buy the but, bundles. There are many places that don't sell that. But that's, that's the way that most places were marking it, especially over Black Friday. And as I was looking through the ads, I was just kind of shocked because there's all these Xboxes for two ninety nine, but no one talks about trying to go out and get an Xbox. Everyone's talking about trying to go out and get a Wii. And I'm still just wondering, what is it at this point that's still making the Wii so attractive? It's demand. Mm. Demand is what's doing that more than anything else. Um, it's a hot-ticket item. demand, though? Possibly. Um, I mean, for the first year and a half, it certainly wasn't. They could not keep them on the shelf. Um, nowadays, I can get, I've been to stores and seen two or three Wii's in stock, so the, the demand is maybe more artificial now than it used to be, but we also saw this year a much smaller Black Friday demand in, in all regards, so any demand there was... Yeah, and that's, probably that's really what, what I want to stay on, is, is has this Black Friday been an indication that the economic situation is really hitting home in more ways than just seeing gas prices plummet? 
Well, that's I think that's part of it, but it, it's it's maybe yeah the economy's bad, but it's we're told the economy's bad. Right. So people are have less confidence. Yeah. So you know I'm, I have yeah. to cut back because the economy's bad. You know my paycheck hasn't changed at all since the economy went down. Um, so like I'm spending about the same that I would on Christmas gifts as I would any year. So, but because we're told the economy is going down, that, and mind you, I'm, I'm you know, an exception. I'm a college student, just because I'm in debt up to my eyes. <laughs> so there's there's that, but we're told the economy is going down, and so we say, well, we got to tighten our belts, we got to spend less. And I think Black Friday did see some of that. Yeah, and um, it, it definitely is more of a perceptive change. Uh, I have to say, the, the people who came in there were still buying a ton of stuff, but there were fewer mm-hmm. people buying. Uh, was the thing. Yeah. I, I believe some people decided, you know, maybe, okay, maybe this year I'll, I'll cut my, my trip to Radio Shack, or maybe I won't spend as much time in Walmart or something. Um, yeah. But I, you know, and it, it really could have been anecdotal. Like, uh, we're in a location next to two uh, outlet malls, uh, or, at, well, really one major outlet mall, uh, which is in Round Rock. And they opened at midnight, <laughs> all of their oh, wow. stores. So they had us beat by six hours. Wow. And uh, the people who showed up, I think, for our opening were, you know, the late, the people getting out of there who were like, oh, yeah, Radio Shack opens at six. Let's go get a couple things. Let's, let's hang around um, for that. Sure. And we had, we probably had people um, coming pretty consistently, consistently for about three hours after opening at six. Yeah. But um, I have to say, it was, I mean, just comparing our numbers, it was it was down. Uh, across the district, though, uh, Radio Shack did pretty well. We were one of the lower stores in the district, and uh, some of our other stores did, did good. But, um, you know, as a whole, everything seemed to be down just a little bit. And yeah. uh, I talked with some other people and uh, other people who work in real, retail, friends of mine, and they said, yeah, that it's, it was busy. And it was certainly it certainly had that Black Friday feel, but just a little bit curved. Yeah, do your friends that work in retail work in tech retail or like clothing? Technology. Um, one friend who works at Walmart, one at Best Buy. Okay, because those are both, those are both of, pretty big Black Friday stores. Right. Yeah, but a lot of what I saw was that in the tech industry, everything that's out there, everyone already owns from last year. Yeah. And so there weren't like, any big hot ticket items. Year. No, we had no new console releases. We didn't really have any new technology out, um, at least not that, that people could get easily. Um, like, you know, like an iPhone or a new mm-hmm. type of, um, a new little gadget, something like that. Uh, Radio Shack tried to kind of mark down some of their more gimmicky things, like their, their toy robots. Toys sold really well, I have to say. Really? But they always do for Christmas. Yeah, um, toys are big. Some of we, I sold uh, seven seven webcams this afternoon. Wow! <laughs> to to some people who were like, "Oh yeah, we're going to uh, to set up Skype with all of our our friends and family, and <laughs> you know, we're, we're just going to give them all webcams." <laughs> well, that's cool. So, it was pretty neat, but I mean, yeah. really, just sporadic stuff like that. And um, uh-huh. I don't know, Black Friday, pretty typical, I guess, across the board. I don't know. Did anyone die last year? Do you all remember? Well, that death had nothing to do with Black Friday. They <laughs> what, said the, guy the, getting trampled? the trampling. Well, that the yeah. trampling was, but the Toys R Us wasn't. No, the, the Toys R Us thing was just people got in an argument, and decided to shoot each other. Yeah, I mean that's um, the most obvious. And they just happened to be in a Toys R Us, <laughs> which you know I, I have to say I, I can understand. Um, Toys R Us kind of fosters this this uh, like repressant. Uh, just, just foreboding in well, me. I don't know. Toys R Us is scary on Black Friday. It, it, I went. I did, on the I did Black Friday <laughs> Toys R Us uh, when I was looking for a Wii, and it frightened me. Um, I I was with my <laughs> mother, um, and like we were afraid of getting separated and getting killed because the place was so tightly packed. Um, this was again two years ago when Black Friday was a big was was more of a hit, um, but it was crazy. Like I was surprised. I expected it to be bad, but Toys R Us was not one. Toys R Us isn't a store that hits hits my radar very often, and so I was surprised that it was as busy as it was. Because I was thinking, you know, Best Buy, Target, Walmart, big box stores, which Toys R Us doesn't really seem like a big box to me. 
<laughs> um, it's a toy box. It, it is. It's the big toy well, box. Well, um, I could be wrong, but that's that's just how I. There really I, I is. Never... They really have no direct rival other than Walmart. Like there isn't I mean, another. Store the closest that's thing is baby toys. toys. Yeah, but that's but... I mean, it's, it's yeah. the closest thing. And it's a much a much smaller venue. They have far less space for for overstock and such. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, I mean, you know, you had the rushes everywhere. You had the the frenzied deals. You had the shoppers. You had the the moms who gamped out, and it was you know pretty typical American Black Friday. <laughs> As Matt pointed out, there is an interesting thing that that some markets are more like Black Friday prone. Things oh, like sure. technology, clothing is a big one. Uh, a lot of clothing sales. You mentioned Macy's. The Macy's Day Parade, Thanksgiving Day Parade, was yeah. Rick Roll by the one and only Rick really? Astley. Yes. Oh yeah. my God. It's a fun story. Rick I've been just. Um, wow. I, was, I was making an earlier point. Uh, I was making an earlier point, which was that for for Barnes and Noble, Black Friday was not a big deal. It was yeah. a it was an everyday thing. We didn't have big sales. We didn't open early. We just opened. Um, the big day, of course, for Barnes and Noble, which which is ironic in its own way, was Mother's Day. Yeah, Mother's Day was always a big seller. So that, but no, nothing point. But if we want to, we can focus on the Rick Astley thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what what happened there? Okay, well, uh, or maybe I should maybe I should let Matt talk about it because because you're cutting out like crazy right now. <laughs> I, I don't know the details of it. All I know is it happened. What? All I know is it happened. All you know is it happened? Yeah, I didn't read the story. Do, do you know any details, Kevin? I know all the details. Okay. Well, try to convey them without cutting out. Try. <laughs> I will I will speak slowly and clearly. Stop me if I need no, to repeat don't, something. No, don't speak slowly or clearly. Just speak normally, and we'll hope Just that you speak make normally. it speak normally? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Macy's Day Thanksgiving Parade, when it's televised, each float comes to a stop and does a little performance thing for the TV, correct? Yeah. Correct. Um... The Foster's Home for Imaginary Children float, which is a television right. show on Friends, Imaginary Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, I've been corrected, is a show on Cartoon Network about imaginary friends. That float okay. comes rolling up, and they're singing a little song, and like record scratching, stop, and Rick Astley walks out of the door on the float, um, the door of the little house on the float, and starts singing... His song, Never, Never Gonna, gonna Give You, you Up. <laughs> and, um, and he sings, you know, the first verse in a chorus or something. Like, he sings it, and, and it's hilarious to those people who watch it. You know what's going on. The rest of the people are just like, yeah. what? What? Um, <laughs> and then one of the puppets goes, I like rickrolling at the very end. Because I think that was something that puppet does. And I don't know if he says, like, rickrolling. But oh. <laughs> I, I don't know the show at all. But it was very moment, and the announcer, um, I don't know if somebody told him immediately or what, was actually aware of what happened, and he goes, you know, the foster's home for imaginary children, friends, just, you know, just rickrolled you, and he laughed. And so I don't know exactly how aware of he was, but he did he did call it a rickroll, which I thought was pretty impressive. Good. So, and of so course rick, rickrolling has gone mainstream. Well, yeah. maybe it'll die out now that it's gone mainstream. Yeah, maybe the meme has, has met its end. That's usually what happens. Now that somebody apparently, uh, apparently ESPN has uh, started using what term was it? Oh, owned. ESPN has started oh. using the term owned uh, oh dear. on their on Sports Center. So um, yeah, now we're gonna have to find another word for well, you know maybe we will dominate. Uh, owned. No, you can't say okay. No, it's not say, owned. Owned is just a derivative thereupon. Yeah, um, it's, it, it, it's not, not a new one, but it's incorrect. It's being owned by an Asian. <laughs> Whatever, that's racist. <laughs> I find that offensive. <laughs> I do too, and I'm not even Asian. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what I had an Asian tell me. <laughs> that doesn't make it less offensive. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah. um, speaking of speaking of uh, diverse nationalities listening to the podcast, I noticed that we have a lot of. Okay, seriously, is someone sick behind you? Yes. Sorry, Catherine, stop coughing. Sorry. <laughs> Somebody's sick behind you. I apologize. I, you yeah. know, i got to be blunt about it. Sorry. Um, That's fine. No, I, what was I? Oh, oh yeah, speaking of, uh, speaking of diverse nationalities listening to the podcast, 
Um, I noticed that we have a lot of Scandinavian viewers <laughs> or listeners to the podcast. Dude, that should be on a T-shirt. Uh, I, dude, it's big in Scandinavia. It's big in Scandinavia. <laughs> I've seen people from Oslo, Sweden. Um, quick, name another Scandinavian country. I don't know any Scandinavian. Norway. Well, Os- Oslo, Norway, Sweden. Um, I've noticed some people from Spain. I know that's not in Scandinavia, but it's fairly. not anywhere near Scandinavia. Um, oh, I have I have noticed at least one Finnish uh, person listening to the podcast. <laughs> this is weird. Um, <laughs> It's great. I mean, I don't know how... I guess a lot of people over in Scandinavia not only speak English, but like philosophy podcasts. Well, even if it's bad. Tell your friends. Bad. Tell your <laughs> tell friends, friends, all our Scandinavian even if, friends. Even if they're in Scandinavia. Um, they don't, do uh, they even have Black Friday in Europe? I don't think so. Uh, is Black Friday the same overseas? They don't even have I Thanksgiving have no yeah, overseas. So. I mean, yeah. that's, that's I mean, a pretty Canadians have thing. Canadian Thanksgiving, but Canadian Thanksgiving is not... Black so Friday. It doesn't really count. Oh, and you know, I never, I never made this connection, but apparently it's not called Black Friday because of any negative connotations, mm-hmm. but because it's the day that most retailers go from in red into black, yeah, yeah, into profitability for the year. And it has nothing. To do not with usually for the year, but it's definitely a profitable day. <laughs> right. So that, that's um, that's kind of the, for, the etymology of the word, or at least one. If day. a retailer wasn't profitable until. The day after Thanksgiving, it's not going to be enough profitable just from one day of sales. From one um, from one survey I've, I've saw I've seen um, most retailers make fifty percent of their sales for the year from Thanksgiving onward. Thanksgiving or Halloween is a holiday. I, I don't know. Well, it, it seemed kind of if, dubious if to you me, are, but it, well, it depends on like if they say like annual year, like calendar year. Or if they have like a fiscal year, that that would be my thought. It's like, well, fiscally we make half of our stuff after Thanksgiving, but that can also oh, be the half yeah. of fiscal year. Yeah, because fiscal so, year starts in the middle of our calendar year. Well, sometimes, well, it, it varies from company to company. The fiscal year in, for Block or Barnes and Noble started like February or January 30th. It was like a week after I started working what? there. What? It was weird, I don't, and I don't know how those things are determined. But I mean, now it's not calendar year. That would be strange. Yeah. Well, well, anyway. So, Black Friday. Any any other thoughts on the on the bleak black? Well, on, on the Rickroll thing. <laughs> I can't get off that. Have either one of you guys been 8-bit Rickroll? No. I've just Wait been for that to happen. I, 8-bit? I, I'm calling it right now. That's going to happen next year at the Macy's Parade. Is it where somebody like sends you an 8-bit version that's ever going to give you up? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't think they do. Exactly. Like 8-bit theater 8-bit? Or... Like an 8-bit video game soundtrack. Yeah. You know, like 8-bit sound? Like original Mario theme? Yeah. Uh, that's not that impressive. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's just... Anybody can do that with a that's, synthesizer. That's just that's just meme recycling. There's nothing new yeah. there. I mean, there's, there's thousands of variants on Lolcats, but they're still all Lolcats. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's a funny thing. Um, the whole concept of memes, and this is kind of a tangent, but hey, it's bad philosophy. We can I do like that. tangents. Um, memes are related very closely to genetics. Um, and memetics and genetics are, are very similar fields and studied by biologists uh, and sociologists alike. Um, because apparently the way that uh, these cultural... Um, quirks or memes like rickrolling, like lolcats, uh, propagate through society is very similar to how genes propagate through uh, biological system. Uh, insofar as they, what? Is it faster? Well, quickness <laughs> is one aspect of them, but you can you can study the phenomena in this using the same uh, dynamics. For instance, okay. um, m- memes will will influence other memes. Memes tend to um, thrive in environments where they uh, can reproduce, so to speak. Um, <laughs> it's and that's that, uh, you, you can you can sort of track the development and, and mutation of memes. Like eight bit rickrolling would be like a mutation of the rickrolling meme, <laughs> which, was, which was actually a mutation of duck rolling, which was not really? nearly as popular. Yeah, no, there's a thing where it was the same right. thing. Someone would post a link. And it would just be a link to a, this picture of a little wooden duck on wheels. 
But duck rolling <laughs> is not nearly as popular as rick rolling became for whatever reason. Rick rolling huh. survived more so, was more adaptable or more... Yeah, or, or had more cultural appeal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if you think about it, the same the conditions that are around today are um, are such that you know rick rolling the rick rolling meme might not have uh, existed without them um, you know if you imagine say 15 years ago shortly after the song actually came out um, <laughs> it would have just been you know oh, oh you're linking to that video of that one song i mean it's not it's not as endearing, or you don't have the the possibility of it spreading as easily. The internet has, yeah. has certainly been um, one of those conditions, I guess, uh, which have have favored meme development and just accelerated it beyond anything uh, that we've seen in the past. Because I mean, you can consider memes before the internet. Um, there was, of course, the uh, what is it? The poster that you have in your room. Oh, Andre uh, has, Andre a posse. has a posse. Yeah, that was very much a meme. Um, I always um, think of uh, the Macarena. Yeah, the Macarena was was a '90s meme, definitely. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you, you can draw similarities in in the past, going back farther and farther. I'm sure some of our our parents would be able to bring up <laughs> similar cultural. Uh, what would memes. be the difference between a meme and a trend? Um, memes are closely related with trends, um, and I think I think. They could be synonymous in certain scenarios, but trends seem to have more of a uh, more of an engineered aspect, I think, or more, maybe more of a widespread aspect. Like once a meme becomes a trend, it kind of it tends to um, lose sort of its appeal. You know, a meme is one of those things that's just really hot and dynamic at a time, um, but it, it burns out very quickly. Um, and once it becomes trendy, you know, once enough people start doing it, I think it, it shifts from being a, a meme to a trend. Hmm. Yeah, that's, like, I think that's an important distinction to make. I mean, it's like yeah. meme, trendy, dorky. Yeah. Um, well, no, those would be those would be adjectives describing these various things. Like, I don't well, think meme necessarily has to be dorky, or something dorky isn't necessarily a meme. It reminds me of of a thought I had not too long ago about how, like, hipsters as a group do a lot of things ironically. Um, the, yeah. the example I used was wearing a Care Bears t-shirt. Um, mm-hmm. People who wear Care Bears t-shirts don't... And the ones that I've seen do it are, are you know, could, could easily be classified as emo, um, aren't doing it because they have a strong love of Care Bears, but because it would be ironic if they did in fact love Care Bears, because they don't, <laughs> so they wear the t-shirt. But I have to wonder uh, that if, after a point, does it become a thing where it, you, the, the line between ir- irony and actually liking something blurs a little bit, so it becomes cool to like the Care Bears, and it's no longer lame, so to speak. I don't and know. It it's, it's an interesting field of study. I mean, really, I want to. I almost wish I'd gone into this field because <laughs> memetics research is is relatively um, cutting edge, and it's it's been geneticists mostly studying meme development because the only analogy they have is, is actual genetics. Um, mm-hmm. And so they're applying this gene science to memes. Uh, I, I need to read a lot more about it, but it's, it's an idea that, that came up to me fairly recently. Um, and I never considered the, the connection really before. <laughs> I, I remember I looked up the, the meme article on Wikipedia, and I saw this like all this stuff about genetics, and I'm like, what? what? No. <laughs> no, there's no similarity there. This is, this is wrong. But really, now that I think about it, it makes sense. It it makes a lot of sense. Um, well, something you said that uh, I want to point out. You said that the internet makes it very easy for these memes to take yeah. off, or for people who are going to like the same thing to find each other. Mm-hmm. Basically, is what's going on. So something I, I was studying today for my political science final, and I was reading about how Madison said that a large a large nation would help el- eliminate factions, and so this is kind of related to the meme in that it's a group of people getting together for a reason. And so I was thinking, with the internet now, is our nation still considered big, or are factions easy to be created now? Ooh. Because of is the, the world Has the world I think become it's smaller both. or larger? Hmm. Um, I think the world is, is as, as was put in a book by a guy, I think the world is flat, or is flattening, um, because <laughs> of this stuff. Um, it makes connections really easy to make. 
um, which which works both ways, in that we can have a huge network of people that we're connected to, but it's very easy to find people who have very specific interests or thoughts or, yes. or ideas and network with them. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, Matt, I think I would say both. Yeah, and, and I've, I've often thought about this, how, how the... Um the internet is changing our overall cultural perception, and and it does it does shrink the world in a lot of ways. But it, in a sense, it also gives us a perception or, or an appreciation of just how big the world is, just how many people are out there. Um, when it becomes you know so much easier to see you know, demographics or to see how many people have have hit your video on YouTube from what sides of the planet. Um, right. <laughs> you, well, I think I think like one way of looking quick. at it would be. That the the networks themselves are shrinking. Talk, you talk about like narrow casting and things like that, podcasting. Yeah. But yeah. the pool of potential group of, of group members is increasing. Yes. Well, I would say previously you had um, say like our podcast. We may we might be uh, you know have local appeal to a similar percentage of the population, but it would only be a local appeal, and we would only get that that small number of local people. Because yeah. of our, our reach, of our communicative reach, we're still probably reaching the same percentage of the population, or, or we will um, once we eventually we get, you know, pan out. Know. But that number is so much larger because of the, the, the reach of our communicative ability. So it feels like we're reaching more people. Really, we are, but we're not reaching a greater percentage of the population, per se. Yes. So the, the pool of potential applicants is greater, but the number of yeah. people who enjoy it has not, or the percentage of people who've enjoyed it, the rate has not changed at all. Yeah. Because we're still, I mean, even thanks to the Internet, we're not going to appeal to the same numbers of, of folks out there that television does. Uh, even if we're Unlike. put on national television, I think we would get canceled Pretty quickly. I would like because <laughs> we're not. Because yeah. we're bad. Because we're bad. We're bad philosophy. Um, no, you know, we, we we don't we don't have what it takes to be mainstream. Uh, you know, whatever whatever that is. But we don't need to. That's the thing. Um, well, no, we memes don't need. Don't, memes really... don't need to have need to have what it takes to be mainstream because they're memes. <laughs> yeah. They're going to go viral because of their an an extreme passion on the part of a small number of people. Who enjoy the meme? Who propagate the meme? Who share it and have fun with it? Right, um, and that—that's a, a crucial difference. And uh, you know, who who knows how many memes have have died in the past as a result of just you know not having enough appeal uh, to people around them? Whereas are there any memes that haven't now? died, or are they just memes that haven't died yet? Um, well, it's kind of hard to say. You know, what what do you, what constitutes constitutes a meme dying? Well, I look at something like All Your Base as as a meme. Okay. Which I, I feel comfortable saying is, is a well and truly dead meme. It's not something yeah. that people... But why is it dead? Because people don't do it. I mean, it, it, that, why, that's why I call it dead. And when people do bring it up, it's kind of like a, oh, no, yeah, there, that's, that. That was in the past. Yeah. It's not something that is... You don't see... Photoshops of signs that say all your base. You don't have the crazy all your base videos. I'm sure there are people out there who are big into rickrolling, for example, who don't know what all your base was or how big it yeah. was. This is interesting because I fall into that category. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea what is all your base is. I well, have no idea. That's, that's, oh, that's okay. a perfect point. We'll catch him up on it. But And see, that's the thing. I think... Um, a meme dying, or a meme dies, when it kind of diffuses. You know, when it becomes when it becomes out there so much that that it really doesn't stand out anymore. It starts as kind of this this punctuated, um, dense ball in in the midst of all these cultural phenomenons, and then it just kind of diffuses out as more and more people find out about it. There's certainly there's certainly some truth in that. Um... But it's—I'd say it's even beyond that. It's when—it's when it becomes repetitive and boring, which which ubiquitous. happens ubiquitous. There's a good word. So it—it it, it okay. becomes you see it everywhere, and because it, it is spread out. But you know, it becomes something that, that it's not funny anymore because everybody does it. Everybody's not surprised. It. It's yeah. not new. Um, and and that's that's a good point. And and eventually that this happens. happens to me. Abusing. 
This you happened became to me earlier this semester. Um, in yeah, it happened to me. I became ubiquitous. Me as a meme died. <laughs> Fair meme me, meme me <laughs> died. Oh, that is. That's way anyway, too meta. Um, what what happened to you? Anyway, <laughs> meta meme me. <laughs> yeah. That 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 wow. took too far. <laughs> title title anybody? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I used meta but, no, more than one. I have to say, um, earlier this semester, this kind of happened, or, or I saw a manifestation of this. It was in my sign language class. They uh, they showed my video, which was of um, me yes. signing the Still Alive, Still Alive from Portal, and uh, also a meme, I, I have to say, um, mm-hmm. which Still is, Alive has, like has died. I would say Still Alive has, has died as a meme. It is, I'm it comfortable is dead. agreeing with that. Um, but I recorded it kind of on the, the downslope, I guess you would say, kind, kind yeah. of as the meme was passing. Um, where we're still kind of, you know, I got response from people, oh, yeah, it's cool, you know, neat. Um, now, though, when they showed it, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, everybody's seen this. Um, but then the class kind of degenerated into a let's watch the YouTube greatest hits. And for me, it was painful because it was watching all of these dead memes. It was watching yes. Chocolate Rain. It was watching the, the, hamps, the, the, the gerbil, the, the scary gerbil the day. Base. Yeah, History of Dance. It was watching the, the Sneezing Panda. Like, all these, <laughs> all these, all these memes that had, that had died. And I thought yes. about this, like, wow, okay, we're, we're watching. It was like going through a graveyard. And it was mm-hmm. really painful. But, um, <laughs> did you enjoy watching people's reactions who, like, hadn't been keeping up with all of It was only a couple of people every time. Like, the, the percentage of the class that hadn't seen any of these videos each time was very small. And it and that got me. I was like, okay, this is this is an indication that the memes have certainly died. When yeah. you know the vast majority of people in there have already seen this, and, and you know they were still funny for the people who'd seen them for the first time. But for the rest of us, it was just like, oh, you know, whatever. Except for sneezing panda, that was always funny. No, it's not. <laughs> um, after the tenth time, the surprise it, is it's no longer there. Not funny. I mean, the panda sneezes and and, and it's <laughs> cute, but it's like. Okay, whatever. <laughs> you know, the first time you see it, you're just, you're just, it's absolutely hilarious, but it kind of drops off. The funniness drops off exponentially, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> Algorithmically. So, the, you know, it's, it was an interesting kind of indicator to me of, of how, and I, I wasn't, of course, thinking about it in those terms at the time, but I was literally seeing a, a kind of a, a reading off a list of dead memes. <laughs> um, and I'm trying to think now, like, what what kind of memes do we have going currently? Like, really currently? So Rickroll's on the downslope. Because it was in the Macy's Day Thanksgiving Parade, it is it is becoming ubiquitous. Yeah. Um, Thumbs up for Slurpees. Domo-kun? Thumbs up for Slurpees. Domo-kun is coming. Um, really? You, you don't think it's well, coming gone? I don't know. I, I thought it was coming a long time ago, but it has since like, resurged in my life. That may just be my my exposure to it rather than um, its meaniness. Yeah. And, and so maybe I the, the, uh, the whole theory of the, the whole rise and fall of memes is sort of an undulating roller coaster. Like, memes sort of sort of have these, these mini bursts of memity and then kind of go down and then surge back and up. Become and become retro. Eventually. Yeah, then they, they become, like, retro memes... Which I would say all your base is sort of a retro meme because I've seen it resurge a few times. See, I have. Um, so, <laughs> but, but locally, like it's it's not a universal resurgence. Oh, certainly, certainly so not maybe, the same. Almost meme aftershocks. Yeah, I, and I get a lot of that with with uh, Portal was still alive. Like, it's still mm. your friends who are like, "Oh my God, have you played Portal? It's so amazing." <laughs> yeah. And, a, and, and yeah. like the song at the end is is amazing, and I'm like, yeah, it was amazing Get a year there, and a half ago. <laughs> um, you know, I would I would love to see a modern study of, of uh, meme theory, and I'm sure it's out there. I'm gonna have to, to research it now, because um, it's just fascinating. I mean, lo- looking at how it, it is a, really a study of trends and culture, culture and society, yeah. and, and a uniquely internet phenomenon. I mean, well, it's not uniquely internet. Because this is the same issue that's been in the music industry for years, where a radio station says, hey, that was a song that we played over on our station last year, and y'all are playing it as a, a hit now. We're, we're past that. And then mm-hmm. they look at that as a meme that was real popular with a ton of people that listened to their station when when they started playing it. 
and now to them it's you know it's old news. See, I always had a problem with uh, music though. I always thought it was sort of like a self-fulfilling prophecy sort of thing. The um, the radio stations get get paid to play certain songs, and those songs then get more become exposure popular. to people, and then become popular, and so the radio stations play them more, and it just you know it sort of rises. It, it recycles upon itself. The peak, and then yeah. And top forty is top forty because we say it. Memes sort of do that, but I don't think you have that that same um, sort of artificial proliferation. There's a, there's a large element of democracy with memes. Yes. In that people choose to upload them, make them bigger. It's it's what you hear on the radio a lot is you hear that because somebody paid to, for you to hear it. Yes. Yeah, but at the same time, if you don't like it, you're going to change the station. I mean, you always have more than one station to listen to. That that option exists. People don't exercise that right, though. No. A lot of people are lazy. <laughs> I'm lazy. I don't know. Do you think Do you think there are lazy memes too? Like I, I would think Dig is sort of like a um, a sub place for lazy memes of of mainstream. Like Dig is mainstream uh, among the internet crowd. Yeah, you know, if right. something gets on Dig, it's you know it's going to get its popularity. But it's kind of the sub Dig stuff now that's the real memes. <laughs> you know, once it, once you've seen something on Dig, it's it's almost as if you're seeing it on CNN. Just, you know, not not quite. Definitely down for the internet crowd, at least. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. on the downslope. Um, I don't know. Is 4chan? What do you think about 4chan, though? Is that sort of a um, a, a meme farm? Uh, there's certainly evidence to that fact. Uh-huh. Duck rolling and Rick rolling both got started there. Um, I can't say all your base did, but there's a lot of it there. there. Lolcats got how started. How do we know? There. How do we really know that they got started there, or did they just get well, launched from there? They got propagated there. Is that a better okay. statement? Perhaps. Um, because 4chan has the ability to take any idea and drive it into the ground. Yeah. That's what they do. Um, <laughs> so it certainly helped. Um, I don't know. It, it just seems to me, though, that, that 4chan is one example of, um, you know, perhaps a, a meme farm, but not... Not necessarily a meme cedar. It, it's uh, 4chan is like an incubator for memes. They they arrive at 4chan kind of already in this this sort of you know fetal stage. Well, 4chan's a mythical area anyway. I mean it's it's kind of got this stigma and this status. I don't know. I view it as mythical. I, I've never actually been there. I, I want to say exactly. I want to go to 4chan now and see what exactly. it is. Yeah, a lot of people refer to 4chan without knowing exactly what it is, and I'm one of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have to go to 4chan and check that out. Um, I don't know. It's, it's definitely not do, a place do you for guys kids. Find that, do you guys find that y'all do that a lot, where you talk about something without knowing what it is, specifically related to something internet-based? Oh, hell yeah. Not as much with internet-based stuff, but definitely with with <laughs> life in general. I think yeah, people, if you haven't realized that we BS a whole freaking lot on bad philosophy, <laughs> you haven't really been listening. <laughs> You're in league. Make it up as we go along. And really, we challenge you to call us out on our BS because we have a Please comment do. system for a reason. You know, yeah. If if you if we say it's something wrong. that you know is blatantly wrong, tell us, please. Do <laughs> you have a comment on the blog? Yeah, we do. We, we do have a way. Yeah. Feedback. I've commented once. However, if you were listening because you just like hearing BS and laughing about how ignorant we are, that's cool too. Tell your friends. Yeah. <laughs> tell your friends about it. If your <laughs> friends like BS, tell them. For the place to be. Uh, and and I also I'm thinking now about the relationship between. Do you think going viral is just a, a description of a meme? Perhaps. Sometimes. Or, or a stage of a meme? It can be. Um, going viral, I will say going viral is a stage of a meme. It's something yeah. that, that happens to memes that makes them full memes. Um, it's part of the gestation cycle, I would say. Um, however, yeah. you can go viral and then burn out real quickly. Um, it's which is something that, when something goes viral, like or if it's intentionally made to go viral or is pushed towards that, mm-hmm. kind of like we did on episode 11, um, it has that <laughs> possibility of happening and then dying out real quickly. Right. Um, what if something's going to last? It'd be nice if it goes viral, but there's no guarantee of sustainability at that point. Mm. Well, and, and I don't think any any memes have any guarantee of sustainability whatsoever in any. Well, memes certainly don't. And and, and sort of sustainability in a sense is sort of a a death blow to a meme. 
if a meme gets sustained, it will die. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess that's true. Or, almost, it's almost an it's almost an oxymoron. A sustained meme, like isn't isn't the very definition of a meme something that that comes is really intense for a short period of time and then goes and goes in the sense of, of dissipates in intensity. Well, I mean, something something could could be a meme that then gets integrated into the larger manifestations of society. Um, it's no longer a meme, but it's neither it's no longer dead either. I'm um, sorry I can't thinking think... about it in mathematical terms because I do that. Um, I don't, I don't do <laughs> for those of, for those of y'all who are out there who are familiar with calculus and the relationship between the the derivative of a function uh, and the function itself, um, I think of I think of sustainability. I think on the terms of the the derivative of a of a meme's um, popularity as a function of time. So if you take the derivative of a meme's uh, popularity as a function of time, you get a function that that sh- has a peak. Because if you think about it, a, a meme starts at you know relatively low, low level popularity, and then it has a period of really quick um, increase in popularity, and then sort of levels out once a lot of people know it, and then sort of you know continues on on a on a slow increase of uh, rate of increase of popularity. So if you take the derivative, what you see in that situation is a spike um, when the rate goes uh, up very high, and then uh, a lowering on the downslope of the spike when the rate goes down, because the derivative um, describes the rate. And I think so. I'm thinking of sustainability in that sense, like a sustained rate of growth. Let me let me, let me put this in non-nerd terms. It gets popular really <laughs> quick, and then the popularity doesn't grow as quickly. Uh, that's a simpler way of putting it. That's, that's okay, what you're saying. popularity. Okay, is, a, is, a popularity saying, is popularity how often something is brought up, like in conversation or talked about? That's or, that's or, a, is that's popular, or is popularity how much, how many people know about it? Because the way that the way that you measure a meme seems, I mean, how do you how do you even begin? <laughs> I, I think I there are about ten try. ways that you can measure a meme. Ten ten relevant ways. <laughs> I'm sure many people yeah. have tried. Um, I don't Popularity is, is not necessarily something that I would graph like as a number. It's it's more something that you can feel as like yeah. I I can feel that you know I don't see Rick rolling off as much anymore. I definitely don't see all your base anymore. So these are less popular things. I mean it's like high school popularity. You're not sure high school popular in high school because you have X number of friends. It's it's an idea. It is a feeling. Perhaps like frequency of interaction. So like the frequency with which you encounter a meme in, in culture is it's uh, is a good measure. <laughs> it's a good starting place anyway. Um, okay. Just because you can never encounter something without it, and it still be popular. My friend in this room has never heard of podcasting, but podcasting is something that is popular. It is. So it's it's a sample. So you, you can't popularity judge. perhaps is a bad measure. Yeah, I don't know. Just, just a thought. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Great. I'm getting, I'm getting all kinds of ideas for like the, an alternative to my senior thesis now. It's far too late for me to start. You, you, you got to, got to do what you did. I got to do what I'm, what I'm dedicated well, to. What topic are you doing? Um, I'm talking about the, really, I, I'm, I'm probably going to expand it to talking about piracy at Texas Tech University throughout the lives there. Digital. Digital media piracy, um, how the university has approached it, how um, students have intera- have participated in it, uh, any maybe any studies that have gone on. Um, you know, kind of looking at the history, the past, and the present, and maybe the future. But you know, putting that all together, and it, I guess it's sort of related to to memes in a sense. And I, I might talk about it for a couple of pages because certainly uh, Napster was a meme. Definitely. <laughs> or, I don't know. Was Napster a meme? I, I would say it had certain it had certain meme-like qualities in that it was its popularity was spread by a word of mouth and by a usage, and the more people that used it, the better "quote unquote" it got. Um, and when Napster was gone and then came back as the new service, it was definitely trying to capitalize on the name of that meme. Yes. Um, it's something that Napster will be will be useful equally useful no matter how many people are using it now. Yeah. It was it was far more interactive in the early days. 
Because, you know, it was, it was sort of a way of, of measuring, um, you know, I think the music industry could have used it to much their advantage, you know, looking at the popularity of songs, looking at what people were, were downloading in huge supply, mm-hmm. uh, in huge numbers. Um, but they, they, wanna, wanna make a really, they realized its potential. I want to make a reference to um, a novel that everyone here should go get. Um, it's free. Uh, it's called Eastern Standard Tribe, T-R-I-B-E. Hmm. Um, it's by Cory Doctorow. You can check it out at craphound.com. Um, he releases all of this stuff for free. You can also buy it, and feel free to do so. It's good stuff. But there's something really interesting. I can't remember the details of it, but it actually used um, final transfer of music, um, and, and it kind of built up a business plan that could make it profitable, um, which it was, it, was, it was in a very specific market, but um, it, it, was, it was kind of a combination of, say, Pandora and Napster for cards. Uh, that's, that's a really broad and strange log line, um, but Cory Dockrad does a much better job of explaining it in the book. It's not, it's not really the main plot point of the book, but it is something that is discussed and is useful. Or It was a very interesting idea. Just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, one more to add to my list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Check out anything by Cory Dockrad. It's definitely useful. Yeah, we're we're big fans of Cory Doctorow, but I, you know I have to say that's another thing. I'm a fan of Cory Doctorow. I've never read a single one of his books. You should. <laughs> what I what I've heard about him is very positive. Yeah, I'm I'm getting the signal that uh, food is here um, or is ready, so I'm gonna leave because I like food. We we they cook food, and I'm mean, gonna have to eat it. So let's wrap up. You know, food is a is a very good thing. We all need it. Uh, we're all into it, and uh, it's a good excuse to to wrap up this. Uh, to wrap up this episode of Bad Philosophy, um, Kevin, thank you so much for, for doing this. It's, it was a real, it was, it was fun. really jury rigged, I have to say. Um, but we'll definitely. And hey, we've we've got an episode on a week where we might not have had one otherwise. So yeah, there we go. Um, Kevin, so consider yourselves lucky. Kevin, thanks for being on the show. Um, thanks yeah, for having me as always. Here. Sure. And uh, we'll see all of you all next time on Bad Philosophy. Okay, Arwen, you're going on the floor now. Wait, your cat name's Arwen? Yeah. Black. Black. Like, like yeah, black yeah. hair? Yeah, the, the, the like dog that lives hair. here is also named Arwen. Did you get that at all? <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? Really. Yeah. <laughs> Has been named Arwen his whole life. I've known it for many years now. He. He? She. 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 Okay. She. All right. <laughs> well, I don't know. She. Maybe. I don't know where to go with that. I really don't. Badphilosophy.com I'm a metamimeticist. <laughs> <laughs>